Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Leader podcast. My name is Catherine Yazzie, and I am here with Shirley Blanche, who's a mindfulness and meditation coach from the UK. I'm so grateful for Zoom that we can connect <laughs> um, during this time in this pandemic. And I know personally, mindfulness and meditation have been lifelines for me to keeping some semblance of calm and um, helping myself stay grounded. So I just am so excited to have Shirley on today to share her experience and to teach us about these techniques um, and how you can start to bring more mindfulness and meditation, if that's your thing, into your daily life if you if you're interested. So Shirley, um, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, to start off, I, I know we've been chatting and um, we've been speaking about just mindfulness and meditation and how people like to lump those together in one group. Can you tell us and just define for, for us what the difference is between the two and yeah, what they are and what they help with? Yeah, definitely. You make a really great point there because I think people hear the word mindfulness a lot and they just assume that when we talk about mindfulness, we're talking about meditation. But the truth is you can do mindfulness meditation, but mindfulness is something that can be practiced outside of meditation as well. And not all meditation is mindfulness meditation because there's lots of different meditations out there. And the really interesting thing is that different types of meditation activate slightly different parts of the brain. So, you know, uh, not all meditations are one size fits all. So, you know, if you if you try meditation, it hasn't worked for you. It could just be that you've not found the one that works for you, you know. Um, so let's talk about mindfulness, first of all. Uh, so mindfulness has some sort of really key components to it as a practice. Mm -hmm. And it really is about bringing deliberate attention to the present moment and not judging that moment. OK, so the two key elements that I think with mindfulness that are really powerful is that you're bringing deliberate attention to the present moment. And that is so powerful because when we worry and we stress about things in our lives, we are always worried about things that have happened in the past that we have no control over and we cannot change now. Or we're trying to predict the worst possible outcome for ourselves in the future. Because somehow I think we think if I think of the worst possible outcome, I'm preparing myself for it if it happens. And the reality is that we can't really predict the future. Uh, if you think about how many times you've lay awake at night worrying about all the different scenarios that could happen in the future and they often never are the things that happen and then something completely unexpected happens that you weren't expecting anyway. And even if the worst possible thing did happen, it doesn't prepare you for it. You don't feel any better if that thing happens right. just because you've been worrying about it, you know. Right. Uh, so, so that is just a, it's just a pointless waste of energy and it really impacts on us. And also the other thing is that the, the changes that happen in our brain when we're in a stress response mean that we can't actually access the really clever parts of our brain, the reasoning parts of our brain and the memory parts of our brain, which is why if you've ever been in an exam situation and you think, I can't think, I, I've forgotten everything. I, I, I learned everything and I've forgotten it. It's because you can't get to those parts of your brain because you're stressed. Because if you think about what stress is, it's a, it's a very reactive state that was designed to get us out of dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. So so we didn't have time to sit around and reason. If we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you haven't got time to sit there going, 
is this a dangerous situation? Let me sit around and think about it. You have to react straight away and make a decision straight away. So it doesn't help with clear thinking. Um, so it's very, it's, it's a kind of pointless exercise to try and change the past or trying to predict the future. So the power of now bringing yourself into the present moment is really, really powerful. Because if I was to sit here and say to you, Catherine, tell me all the things that you're worried about. We, you know, I'm sure we could dredge up a lot of things and we could be here for a long time talking about that. But <laughs> in this present moment, right here, right now, where you all you've got to do is sit there and listen to me speak and just focus on my voice right here right now sitting on your seat looking at your computer screen and just listening to my voice right in this moment you have no worries and and just to tell people that actually it's okay not to worry it's such a powerful thing you have permission not to worry it's actually okay not to worry you don't have to worry about things it doesn't mean bad things are going to happen to you if you don't worry you know um and that's not to say that we're not aware of what's going on but it's just it's a choice about whether you're going to stress and worry and focus on those things or not so 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 just that process of being in the present moment noticing how it feels to be here right now just bringing awareness whether it's to your having your feet on the floor to how it feels to be sitting on the seat that you're in whether you're bringing focused attention to your breath it's a really powerful thing because in the present moment you just don't have those worries so that's the present moment aspect of mindfulness that I think is really powerful um and and really great just a really quick technique that you can do to bring yourself into into the present moment and just to release all the stuff from the past and the and the future mm-hmm. um so that's that aspect of it the other aspect of it which is equally as important is the non-judgmental awareness so that when things happen and they come up in our lives we don't start judging them as being good or bad we just notice them and we go, okay, well, that's really interesting. And, and you know, what am I going to do with this now? And the reason for that is that is if we start judging, if something happens and it's not what you're expecting and maybe not what you're wanting, and you start judging it as bad, you're going to go into this real emotional roller coaster and you're going to go into a stress response. And again, you're not going to be thinking clearly and you might not make the best decisions. Um, and one thing will impact on another. The quicker you can come to a place of acceptance, so that you're accepting what is happening and then you're making clear decisions from that place of acceptance, the quicker that you can see maybe possibilities in that situation because you're not judging it as a really terrible situation. So it's about emotional regulation really. And if we start judging things as being good or bad, our emotions go all over the place and so does our thinking and so do our responses. Whereas if we say, okay, well, you know, that's not what I was expecting, but let's just have a look at this without judgment and not judge it as good or bad. Because let's face it, quite often things happen and we might think at the time, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And then we look back on it and go, hang on a minute, that was like one of the best things that ever happened because we quite often don't know how things are gonna work out. So the quicker we can come to a place of acceptance, the quicker we can look for opportunities and move forward from that. And that's the power of not being judgmental in the moment. Yeah. And I think, thank you for that explanation. I think that that is so helpful to hear because I think people think of mindfulness and they immediately think of, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe Buddhist monks like meditating for hours a day and um, having to, you know, immediately jump into these states where you're, where you're completely calm. And, and I think, 
knowing that it can be as simple as noticing your feet on the floor and how it feels just be sitting and coming back to the present. And then I think as well, the piece on non-judgment, I can think of so many examples, both big and small in your daily life and how coming, coming to those situations, approaching what happens to you in your life from that place of objectivity and not putting a label or projecting, you know, a good or bad connotation, just how much you were saying it can, it can help you move forward from whatever's happening and respond to what's happening to you. But also I think it's like this, this self-preservation, you said emotional regulation. And I was like, yes, like exactly. I think that helps us preserve, you know, our peace of mind and our inner peace when we're not constantly making up these, these grand, you know, worst case scenarios and going on those emotional roller coaster rides. Um, and, and so I just like all of that really resonates with me and I've seen how it's a process, but we can change, right. We can change how we react to these things. And so, um, yeah, thank you for sharing. That was such a great explanation of that. I'd love to hear, how did you personally get into mindfulness and, and teaching other people to, to incorporate these practices in their lives as well? Well, I, I've got to say that it was never anything I intended to do as a job ever. It's never <laughs> anything that I thought that I would do ever. Um, but sadly, uh, 10 years ago, I lost my dad to cancer. Um, during his illness, I'd also lost uh, one of my close friends to cancer and my mother-in-law as well. So there were three people that I'd lost in a, a quite a short space of time. And um, dealing with the sort of the trauma of going through um, through that process, not just the grief, but also the, the, the time during which they were ill, um, coming out of the end of that, it really did affect, obviously I was going through the grieving process, but also I had developed a real fear and anxiety around the subject of, of, of health and disease, because I think, you know what, we all, we all place a, a, all our, all our faith in, in medicine. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that because that, mm. you know, medicine gave me so many extra years with my dad, you know, so let's, let's not knock that. But uh, at the point where, where the, the sort of the medical profession turns around and says, there's nothing we can do for you now, which should happen to the, these three people in my life. Um, it's kind of a really scary place to be and you end up feeling really disempowered and you end up feeling really fearful and, and you feel unsafe, you know? So I kind of got to the point where I, I noticed it was affecting my well-being, and I was a stay-at-home mom with two young kids at the time so I had a lot of time on my hands to think and this is how I know so well about <laughs> focusing backwards and, and looking forwards and overthinking yeah. and catastrophic thinking as well yeah. and constantly thinking well someone else is going to get ill now or I'm going to get ill now and everyone's going to die and it's all going to be awful and I, I just, just didn't want to live like that anymore I just got to the point you know I wasn't I'd wake up in the middle of the night worried I, and I just didn't want to live like that anymore so I just thought I'm just going to go and educate myself I you know I I'm going to just go and learn all the stuff that we can do for ourselves to empower ourselves over our own health so that I never feel that disempowered again and that's what I did and you know my dad had been really really helped uh, towards the end of his life by a healer and I've got to say we're not a family of of people that would do healing or you know anything like that that yeah. that was just totally weird to us but at those times you kind of get desperate and and somebody had mentioned that there was this great healer 
healer and that maybe maybe she might be able to help my dad and and he was on you know enough fentanyl to knock out a rhino you know and that's like the strongest kind of painkiller that you can get uh and he was still in a lot of pain but he would go and see this woman and and she would get him out of pain you know and he would come home and he would sleep and that for us was just amazing to, to, to be able to see that. But I, I'm kind of skeptical enough that I, I look at it and I go, well, it's not kind of some magical, mystical, woo thing. It is just somehow she's managed to get him into a relaxed enough state where his own pain killing mechanisms are kicking in and his own healing mechanisms are kicking in. And he's just now sleeping and healing and using his energy for that. And I just got interested in that. So when I started off on this journey, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go and find out more about this healing thing and what it is. And, and, and so there was a group of healers that were running meditation groups uh, and I joined them and that, and that was my path into it. And, and so um, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, turned up, um, couldn't meditate, found it like the hardest thing in the world. You can hear how much I talk and that's how fast my brain's going all the time. So I, honestly, <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, and I would sit there and, and but the reason I kept going back was actually just because it was an hour and a half away from my kids every week. <laughs> and uh, it gave me a break, you know, to do something for myself. You know, yeah. I, got, I got that time back. And also it was a lovely welcoming environment. It just felt, it felt like a healing space. And I had a bit of time. And, and the really interesting thing is that when I really started getting into the meditation was uh, the first thing that I noticed wasn't that I was calmer, it was that I stopped getting ill. And I was always somebody that I'd only have to look at someone with a cold and I would get it, you know, like I just had <laughs> such a rubbish immune system. And suddenly I was just like not getting ill anymore. And I was, and I, I was just like, that's weird. You know, that, that's really strange. Why is that? Well, of course, you know, now I know when we look at it and we see that stress has such an impact on our immune system. Um, well, what do you think happens if you do the opposite to stress? And I think we're very good at thinking we can make ourselves ill, but we're not very good at thinking that we can do things to make ourselves well. We don't think that we have that power. So that really kind of got me interested and that sort of spurred me on to thinking, okay, well, I've got to incorporate this into my, into my life. I started off doing guided meditations. I couldn't even sit, you know, without being guided, not even for a couple of minutes, my brain just wouldn't do it. But gradually it, I got to the point where I couldn't sit in guided meditations anymore because I wanted more peace than that my brain was just like no we're ready to move on now so I then moved on to just sort of sitting with a bit of music I would like um and then I gradually moved on to going no I don't even want music now I just want to sit in silence so I think it's a really progressive thing and also um it's about finding the thing that works for you and I run meditation groups and I try and incorporate lots of different types of meditation because different people will like different things depending on whether they're sort of kinesthetic learners or they're order you know auditory learners or their or their visual learners you know so some people like a mantra meditation where they can repeat something over and over and then other people like a, a guided uh, color meditation a visualized meditation because they're visual people you know so I think it's really important to find the right thing for you um and that, that works for you and then you know that you're activating all the sort of different little parts of your brain as well which is pretty cool yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling and sharing your story and I'm sorry for your, for your losses. And, um, I think that one thing I just wanted to highlight is you mentioned that, you know, you started going to this group for like you, right. And, and this was time for yourself. And I think that that cannot be understated, like how important it is to find something and, and like how it's, it can be so transformative and helpful to, 
to make the time for yourself. And it's something you can do for your own well-being. And um, it's, it's cool to hear how that changed a lot of things for you and, and even impacted our health and how that's so empowering thinking like, yeah, we do have that control over it. And, um, you know, you mentioned the different types of meditation and how everyone finds, or everyone has a kind that is more um, in line with their preferences. What, what types of meditation are there? Like I've heard of, you know, transcendental meditation, guided meditations. Can you talk about just some of the other broad types of people want to research them? What I think is really interesting about the whole meditation thing is, so I learned to teach a, a type of meditation called transformation meditation, which is a combination between mindfulness and, and transcendental meditation. And there are all sorts of different terms given to all sorts of different meditations. Yeah. So I, I just think language is really important in terms of making it really accessible for everybody. So I just try and keep it really, really yeah. simple. So I don't necessarily use the same terminology that other, other people okay. would, would use. And there are different types of meditation. So something like a transcendental meditation, that's almost like a trademarked meditation where you have a very specific mantra, uh, which is given to you and you repeat that again and again and again but it is just a mantra meditation but it's it's taught in a very specific way so there are certain types of things that have almost had 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 brands created out of them okay um so so there will be certain terminologies associated with certain types of meditation but as far as I'm concerned and I and I sat through on this 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 really great talk by there's a great neuroscientist called Peter Fennick and um he did a, a lecture once that I sat through and he was talking about a study that they'd done where they where they where they showed that different types of meditation access different parts of the brain which I just found really fascinating and and so it would be things like if you're if you're following a guided meditation it's different from say doing a mantra meditation which is where you're repeating something over and over and over and over again um, and but then again you're just taking your focus to your voice at that point and and that's the sort of transcendental style of meditation and I actually love that and I found that maybe because I talk a lot, I don't know, but I, I found that really worked for me. The thing when you're, you're finding a mantra is that you need to find a mantra that doesn't make you associate it with anything <laughs> like, and I know that sounds weird, but in meditation, what we're trying to do is become the observer of our experience. We're trying not to get too caught up in the story of it. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have something like, I, you know, I want to be happy or I'm happy or, you know, something that elicits a, a very, uh, emotional response of something that's going to bring up loads of memories or makes you focus on the opposite of happy you know it's not going to work for you so we are looking for and it sounds corny but you are looking for that inner peace so whatever brings you inner peace so if you're going for a mantra meditation the one that I always do is I am blissful I am peaceful because that doesn't really make you think of you know anything it's a sort of it's a higher transcendent state you know over and above all the human emotions if you like so you have those kind of things um you have the hoopanopano meditation which is like the hawaiian one which that's all about release and forgiveness which that has its own little mantra as well which is i can't remember it i think it's something like um i'm sorry forgive me thank you i love you it's something like that and that's really great because it will allow different things to come up that you might feel you want to say thank you for or sorry for it you know or 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 look for forgiveness from um uh, and uh, and then there's other things like the guided visualized meditations um you know obviously because I learned 
I learned, I sort of went on and, and trained to be a healer after I'd, I'd, I'd done the meditation with the, with the, with the healers. And so I, I learned all about the chakras, which are the energy centers in the body and all that kind of stuff. So I do chakra meditation with people. And I just say to them, look, don't even worry about it. If you don't buy into the whole energy thing, it really doesn't matter yeah. because if you just like colors and, and you're just, I have one woman who, who comes to one of my groups and she just could not do it. She just couldn't get any meditations at all until we did a chakra meditation and she's a really creative person she does loads of arts and craft as soon as we did that she's like I found the one for me and she was so happy because it was colors it was visualized it was different parts of the body you can do body scan meditation so that's one that they do in mindfulness in mindfulness we tend to do um, open monitoring so we notice how things feel uh, so we notice um, what it's like like I said to sit having your feet on the floor so we're just monitoring our experience um, and then noticing what comes up and letting it go but we also have focused attention and that's where you might take your attention to the breath or something like that but yeah. equally you can do healing meditations you can do things like loving kindness meditations to uh, connect the heart and the brain together you know um, and and so different types of meditations will do different things and what I would say is just as a little disclaimer to put out there as well because I think people don't often make this point as well is that meditation is a really safe practice but there are certain things like if you have epilepsy or if you're going through psychosis you really do need to check with a medical professional before you undertake meditation practice and there have been incidents where people have really thrown themselves into meditation in a really intense way and maybe you, that maybe they've repressed and suppressed over the years trauma and then they've taken themselves off to like a silent retreat or something and then things have come up for them which have been overwhelming and they have haven't had the the help necessary to deal with those and in those circumstances you know people have really struggled with that so what you have to understand is if you're doing certain meditations where you're just allowing things to come up and you're noticing them that's very different yeah. from doing a focused uh, you know a, a guided meditation in a guided meditation you haven't really got time for anything else to come up but in a, a sort of open monitoring state where you're allowing things to come up, if you've gone through a lot of trauma and you've gone through things that are really, really difficult, you have to be aware that these things might come up. And it's not to say it's not right that they come up, but please make sure that you've got support in place to, to have some help if these things do come up. And certainly if people come to me and they've experienced trauma, I do always encourage them to go and get some counseling first and, and to have some other support as well. So it's just, it's just, it's powerful stuff, you know, but there's, there's so much, there's, there's just so many different, different aspects to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's, it's one helpful just to hear about all the different types of meditation that are out there. And so if you're someone who's listening, who's tried something in the past, it didn't work. I, I was unaware of, you know, half of the types of meditation you just shared. And, and so I think, you know, keep researching, keep trying things. And I think that point about making sure you have the support and that I think that these practices can be even more helpful when you do have that support where you can go and talk about what you're experiencing. We live so much in the physical and material world and, and we, you know, our, our brain, like we're just in our brains and not in our bodies as much when we do start to turn inwards and start to go through this process. Um, everyone's experience is going to be different and there's no shame in, in having a support system during it. And I think people... I personally have benefited from that, you know, having my therapist and being able to have someone I go to to talk about what's 
what's coming up like during this whole process. So I think that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. You mentioned your client who, you know, had that breakthrough with the chakra meditation after not being able to meditate. I'm wondering if you can share, you know, for folks who maybe have never practiced mindfulness or meditated ever, um, how do you work with your clients to ease them into it? You know, what are, what are some of those quick ways for really busy people who feel like that's impossible and out of reach for them? Like what are, what are some pieces of advice that you would give to those folks? So I, I think it's really important that for Pete, that to say you can really benefit from mindfulness, even if you don't want to meditate. So they're two separate things. So you can, you don't have to meditate if, if, if you really don't want to. And some people are really resistant to it and it might just be, it's not the right time for you to do it. And as much as I'm a big advocate for meditation, I'm also a really big advocate for just, you know, doing the easy things, you know, yeah. doing the stuff that brings, bring us joy and the things that we get the most out of. And, and if it, if it's something that you're thinking, Oh, I've got to go and meditate, you know, you're really not going to get the benefit out of, it and and I I you know I get people saying to me oh, I've got this meditation app and and now I'm really stressed because I haven't done it and it keeps yeah. beeping at me and reminding me to do it. And I'm like, well, if your meditation app is stressing you out, just don't do it anymore. You know, what's the point in that? Yeah. So, uh, so I would say, you know, also as well, just by you know find the right kind of voice for you as well. If you're going to go down the meditation route, let's just finish the meditation thing. Find the right person who's got the right voice for you as well. You know, don't try and follow something. If their voice really annoys you, you're never going to be able to do it. Um, and also I've sat through guided meditations where people have, have been claustrophobic and not wanting to go in the cave, like a crystal cave meditation. Yeah, you know, so it's got to be, it's got to be right for you. And there's some great things that are just free resources. You can go on YouTube, look up, you know, 10 minute meditations or whatever. And, you know, people could go on my website. I've got a few little guided meditations I've done um yeah. progressive muscle relaxations they're a great thing to do so if you've got also if you if you're somebody that really doesn't like to uh sit and, and have to think about things but you want to do something physical just tensing and releasing all your muscles uh really nice progressive muscle relaxation really simple breath work practices to do as well um there are some just some fantastic things so uh just for a really simple breath work one of my favorite ones is one that Andrew Huberman who's a neuroscientist talks about a lot which are physiological size and they're two breaths in through the nose and then a nice slow exhale out through the mouth and and he says the two inhales through the nose are really important because it just opens up the lungs a little bit more and it allows us to do that so just you know doing that a few times is really great another thing to do if you want to just calm yourself down really quickly is yawning and stretching yawning and stretching is one of the quickest ways you can calm yourself down and the really great thing about that is I think if you're you know sitting at your desk or it's it's a great sort of reset halfway through the day you know if you're just sitting there um there's you know th there is talk that actually yawning is really great for the brain anyway it kind of cools the brain down but but just yawning and stretching if your face is relaxed then it's sending a message to the rest of your body saying like you know we're not in a stress response here and people don't kind of judge it as weird. Also, if you've got kids, you know, and they're doing exams and they may not want to sit and meditate or something, getting them to yawn and stretch just before their exams, during their exams, help them calm down. It's just a really cool, quick little way to do it. But I would say one of the most fundamental things that I say to people is, is, is try and move to a more intentional way 
of living and, and you know I put like a little uh, workbook journal thing together called today is going to be awesome which is all about how to have intentional living and how to start your day and 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 really starting your day off in the right way is really, really important, I think, because it's like getting out of bed the right side. You know, if you start your day off in the right way, things tend to go better, you know. Yeah. So one of the one of the key things that I give to people, and it's just a really small thing, but it's one of the best things I've ever done, is check in with yourself before you check in with your phone every day. <laughs> you know and this takes yeah. no time like but it's just as soon as you wake up in the morning do not make the first thing you do switching on your phone and and the reason is because as soon as you switch on your phone you're opening yourself up to interactions with other people and that can have an, an, a, a negative effect on you emotionally whether you're looking at your social media and and judging right. or you're looking at the news and getting terrified or you're getting an email and it's stressing you out so make sure you've checked in with yourself and centered yourself before you do that because you're going to be in a much better place to switch your phone on once you've done that so you this can be done just lying in bed just placing your hands on your heart center as soon as you place your hands on your heart center what you're doing is you're making that mind body connection to your heart and your heart actually has its own little neural circuitry in it which it's like the little heart brain so so just placing your hands at your heart center just reconnects you there just taking a few breaths there and just focusing well well bring some mindful awareness well look how am I feeling you know maybe you've slept really well uh or maybe you haven't and and what's worrying me and so I kind of think bring just some awareness to how you're feeling first thing in the morning put your hands at your heart center and then notice what the thoughts are that are coming up become the observer of them notice anything that's worrying you bothering you and just let it go one of the visualizations I really love is to have to imagine you've got a virtual PA that you're just giving all your stresses and worries to. And so at that point in the morning, go, well, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not taking it forward in my day. I'm handing that all over now. I'm just going to let that float off to my virtual PA. I'm just, I'm just going to let that all go before I even start my day. Take a few breaths and I literally feel it going. You can move your hands away from your heart center and just visualize it just floating away. I know it sounds strange, but just bringing that awareness to releasing stuff and letting things go really does make you feel lighter. And then just, just say, and, and I will allow anything that is, is good to come my way. You know, so it's a kind of release and allowing process. Um, yeah. and, and one of the other things that I like to say to people is get a values list. Get, you know, six values, six things that are really important to you, really matter to you. Write them down, have them by the side of your bed. Just look at them first thing in the morning. Because it's been shown that if you just focus you know first thing in the morning on just a few things that are really important to you it really changes your motivation for going into your day and then as you step out of bed as soon as your feet hit the floor just say thank you now a lot of people talk about gratitude work and gratitude work is fantastic and it's really great but sometimes especially if you're getting up in the morning and it's dark and you're tired and you've got to get on with your day it's sometimes hard to find things to be grateful for you know like as much as people say oh you know just be grateful you're still alive it's like some mornings you're just like I don't really feel like being grateful to be alive today but what I think is that actually as soon as you say the words thank you your brain recognizes that you only say those words when you've got something to be grateful for so you don't even have to find anything to be grateful for so one of the little things that I like to do is, as soon as my feet hit the floor I go thank you and then as I walk along with each step I go thank you 
thank you. So just as I'm walking first thing in the morning, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you start to feel differently because your brain's picking up on the fact that you're physically doing something that you've got something to be grateful for because you wouldn't be saying thank you otherwise. So then you can switch your phone on. Do you know what I mean? Then you're in a better place before you've even started your day to to go down that route if you want to but you can then do other things you know whatever you do first thing in the morning whether you're making a coffee whether you're getting in the shower bringing some mindful awareness to that and just doing some habit stacking so you're going to be doing that stuff anyway noticing how it feels to to switch the kettle on or you know whatever you're doing or noticing how it feels to be in the shower bring yourself into the present moment you're not having to slow that down you're not having to change it brushing your teeth whatever the more that you can bring yourself into complete awareness with what you're doing and you'll bring yourself into the present moment the less you're thinking about what's happened in the past or you're worrying about what the day has ahead of you yeah, I love all of those tips. My mind is like blown at how many I I'm excited to bring into my life. And I think that I love the little tips and the small little things we can do during the day. It doesn't have to be this big thing we work up to. And, and you know, it's, it's a huge block of time. These are little things we can do throughout the day to help come back to that inner peace. And, and so thank you so much for sharing all of those amazing tips. How can people connect with you, Shirley? Yeah. So I might get, my website is called getmindful.co.uk. Uh, you know, if you want to check me out on Facebook, I'm there at get mindful, uh, Instagram, Shirley, get mindful. Um, you know, I'm just get mindful. Just you'll find me. If you, if you want to get mindful, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, definitely go get mindful with Shirley. And thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a great conversation and I just appreciate your time and, and your energy. And I just feel so grateful that we connected. I'm just so, so happy to have been here and grateful to you to give me the opportunity to connect with all your lovely listeners as well. So thank you so much.